Welcome to the Saints of San Francisco podcast, where we dive into work, faith, and fulfillment. This is a podcast for the modern Christian professional. I'm your host, Isaac Hall. Hey Saints, welcome back to the Saints of San Francisco podcast for the modern Christian professional. This is the new year new resolution series and um, I'm excited to have probably the guy who's going to be in Forbes 30 under 30. Not that like <laughs> that label means anything because you know there's been a lot of controversy with Forbes and who they um, have on but um, really excited to introduce Thomas Kim. Thomas uh, joined 99 which is our church in the Bay Area I think a, l- a little bit more than a year ago, um, mm-hmm. you found us through Dan Fink, who is also on this podcast, um, uh, through your alma mater, which is uh, Dartmouth. And, and and funny thing is, I remember someone was talking about finding a new job as a PM, and, and he like name dropped Dartmouth because he was literally like, dude, I'm competing with a candidate pool where like all of them came from Dartmouth. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> This is how it feels oh, to be on this side. Now we get to see what it's like on your side, Thomas. So I would like to formally introduce uh, Thomas Kim. Um, and did you want to do a short intro for yourself, Thomas? Yeah, sure. Uh, what's up, everybody? My name is Thomas Kim. I'm a 23, um, turning 24 this year, uh, year old software engineer up in the Bay Area. Um, yeah, and I'm just out here. Uh, trying to think of big ideas, trying to do something big out here. You know, it's a slow process, but um, yeah, um, I just like building things. I, I try to be a creative as much as I can, but you know, it's not easy. It's, it's a struggle for sure. But yeah, happy to be here, man. Thanks for thanks for having me, Isaac. Awesome, and, and thanks truly for for coming on uh, to the Saints of San Francisco podcast. So. Of we know you're a pretty entrepreneurial guy. You have a good head on your shoulders. You had a successful prep brulee business down in um, LA that you founded with one of your friends. And, you know, uh, uh, I would like to apologize on behalf of COVID, which um, threw a wrench in a lot of people's small businesses. But with that said, I would like to start with this icebreaker question of if you could start any business or startup right now, what would it be and why? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that if I had to make any business right now, I would totally be going into the education technology sector. Um, and actually, a small little update, but a friend and I are actually trying to work on something together. Trying to, We're in the process of trying to create something in that space. But yeah, and the reason why EdTech in, in general is because I think it's been uh, trending towards adopting a lot more technology over the years, but then yeah. COVID has kind of accelerated it maybe one, like 50 years in advance to really start pushing a lot more technology into education. And at least from what I've seen and heard from talking to a lot of teachers, both across the spectrum from high school to college as well, a lot of the technology that they've had to adopt because of COVID, it's mm-hmm. not going to be just a COVID thing, but it's going to be uh, integrated into their day-to-day routine when everything has come back to normal. So mm. I think EdTech in particular is pretty it's pretty interesting because it's, I guess if you think of like a big EdTech revolution that's like happening right now, it's in like a, it's still a pretty nascent industry, I think. There's no standardized norm really. So I think it's really exciting to be kind of at the, the precipice of this brand new, uh, the, the 21st century classroom that's going to be developing right now. Awesome, and and who better to do it than you? Because you have, you know, you're 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 pretty big into academia. You went to a great school, but also, you know, you work as a software engineer. So mm-hmm. combine the two. But yeah, I realized that um, ed tech and also med tech are are very bullish uh, due to COVID. So I'm excited for for what's to come. Yeah, um, yeah, that's awesome. So so did it. Um, come off the ground yet or are you in the works is there like a vision board or like where yeah yeah it's still pretty early on in the process it's actually funnily funnily enough it actually started off because um kind of as a joke i was saying like i posted on like a social like uh, in a group message to my friend saying like hey anybody want to quit their job with me and do a startup right now and then (laughs) as a as a joke my friend was like yo let's do it 
And then she and I, we started talking some more, but we realized like, oh wait, like let's actually look into this a little bit more. So we, we've been meeting once a week, um, probably for in the past four, four months or so, four or five months or so. So um, just doing a lot of searching around of like, what problems are there to solve? Cause you know, just there's so many problems out there. Yeah. And I think both she and I, we took an education course um, in, in college because we, we went to college together and mm-hmm. you know the education program at least at Dartmouth was not really geared towards like oh how to create a lesson plan but it was more so this interdisciplinary um, subject where it kind of crossed them together like neuroscience as well as anthropology as well as sociology into this more I guess like objectively driven path of learning how people learn and what has mm-hmm. what works and what doesn't right yeah. So we both love that class so much and we, we rave about it all the time. And then we realize, and then we started thinking to ourselves, like, you know, the education sector probably has a lot of problems. Like we've been through high school, college, semi recently, right. Within the past sure. 10 years yeah. for college in the past two years, really. And we know that it's not perfect. So we've been, we've been diving into that space. Um, and I think the, the problem in particular, well, we haven't exactly settled on a problem, but one problem in particular that we are interested in solving is how can we turn bad teachers into good teachers? Because you know, <laughs> you we you've had some of those teachers where like professors in college where some of them are so good, they are so they can capture your attention when you're in their classroom and it's like, please keep talking, don't stop, like please keep teaching us, right? Then on the other side, you have the professor who's so bad and you literally walk out. And the first thing that comes out of your mouth is like, wow, that professor is so bad. I didn't pay attention at all. Like, I have to learn everything on my own. So then the question is, how can we elevate the bad professor to be a good professor? You know? mm. yeah. Oh, man. That's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what you come up with uh, this next year. Yeah, we'll um, see. We'll see. But yeah, you've you've also been uh, jet setting around too, you know, going across multiple state lines, and you know, um, you've been in multiple places in the past year. So I mean, it was kind of hard to keep up with you, Thomas. By the way, Thomas yeah. was in. Uh, I was in community group with with Thomas um, for last year, and and I think all of that started when COVID happened. So we had like one mm-hmm. week of meeting physically together, and then. Yeah nothing or like a couple weeks maybe yeah maybe like three four sessions but pretty pretty little you know yeah yeah and you you made that like amazing meal (laughs) at your place yes yes and we didn't get to taste any of it after uh covid started but you know i think one thing is you know technology especially you know zoom and the phone has helped society kind of um fellowship together and, 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 you know, meet with each other digitally. But I think, you know, it's been difficult for a lot of people, especially those that like where their jobs were affected, their small businesses were affected, you know, tending to more important things than uh, socializing. And I think especially for us, I think there is an effect on, on physicality in terms of, you know, seeing someone, on zoom or scheduling a zoom meeting as opposed to like meeting together in person and being able to shake that person's hand and share an actual meal. Um, so I think that's kind of the phenomenon that I've been experiencing, um, especially with you, Thomas, you know, I I would have liked to uh, hang out more often physically in San Francisco, but pandemic happened, quarantine happened. So I really want to get to know, about you and what's been going on with you in 2020 and 2021. Yeah, absolutely, man. So 2020, I think, you know, obviously when the pandemic first started, well, actually like I'll go even further back than that. Well, 2020 was interesting because even though I graduated in June, 2019, I took six (laughs) months off to uh, work on this dessert startup that Isaac mentioned earlier. And then in December, 2019 is when I first started working, right? And then the pandemic hit March, 2020. So I really had maybe three or four months of living in San Francisco and like living that yuppie lifestyle, uh, that yuppie tech lifestyle, you know? Um, and, then I, and then I had to leave in March, but yeah. So basically since then, I have primarily been splitting up my time between Southern California, where, is my, where I grew up, where my family's at, and then also in Arizona, where my girlfriend is attending medical school here. 
Um, and I've primarily just been driving between the two places, trying to avoid planes as much as I can. Um, and I think that in terms of what I've been doing to spend the time, well, obviously, you know, work has been a pretty, pretty taken work has been taking up a pretty good amount of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on top of that, I think I remember early on in the pandemic, people were always talking about like, I think this is when people were very optimistic about how long it'll last for maybe a few months at most. And people were yeah. posting stuff on social media saying it's like, Hey, this is your one time to relax, take it slow. Don't do anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, Oh, absolutely. You got to chill. Like, this is unprecedented, but we're going to be back to normal in three months, right? Fast forward nine months, almost one year later, we're still not normal. Yeah. So then I think I started to realize that probably month four, five on. So that was probably around June, May, June of 2020. Um, so then I realized like, okay, Thomas, this is, you have so much time at home. Um, what are you going to do to you know capitalize on this? Like, what are you going to do to make the most of it? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I think I did a lot of things. I, I started you know, just calling my friends more regularly. Random phone calls have been much more common and more accepted amongst me and my friend group. Uh, but then lately, I've also started a, I also started a YouTube channel just to try it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, as you can tell, I have not really shared, I have not posted it publicly anywhere. Yeah. Um, I think I, it's still for me, it's one of those things, it's so hard for me to share because, you know, your first, 40 to 50 videos they're not good you know it's all about just getting those reps in and like slowly honing your craft every single time right and i think for me i didn't really want to share it (laughs) because i was too embarrassed about the content and um i think i started just getting in my head about like oh like what do will people think i'm weird but then i then you realize it's like it's the internet people do this all the time and no literally no one cares you think the spotlight is on you but that's what everybody else thinks so the spotlight is actually never on you you know yeah so that was one craft that I started to get into in June um, for a variety of reasons. One thing, um, I kind of just wanted to learn how to make videos. I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to practice storytelling. But more importantly, I think creating an audience is one of the most difficult things out yeah, there in the yeah. world, right? Mm-hmm. Creating an audience is so hard. And I really wanted to test myself saying like, all right, what is it like to create an audience? And what can I learn from doing this, right? And mm-hmm. um Originally, I did that because I, I think that one of the best rate ways for you to think of ideas for businesses and to solve and problems to, and the way for you to discover problems to solve is by trying out new things, things that you've never done before, because that's the only way you'll get exposed to new problems, new inefficiencies out there in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, you know, Thomas, let's try being a content creator. Let's uh continue posting at least like twice a week all the way until the end of the year so six months of continuous posting um so that has been probably the the biggest uh newest thing that i picked up over the past 2020 um i'm still at it now uh, finally enough right before this call i was actually editing a video um, oh wow so yeah and so that was 2020 and i think now in 2021 moving forward after my initial test run of all right thomas make uh, make videos once or twice a week all the way up until the end of 2020 and then after December 2020 uh, ask yourself if this is something that you want to continually do and I think I've come to the point where um, I realize I have a pretty fun time making it and you know mm. I'm getting a little bit of traction I'm not big by any means I have maybe at this time of recording upper 300 subs like 380 ish oh, that's um, so not bad not bad you know small in YouTube terms but then you think of that in the real world, 380 people that can fill up a, a pretty huge audience, you know, like exactly. that could fill up our church building probably three times, four times, you know, with that many people. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm continuing to do that in 2021. Um, I want a goal of, I want to try to figure out a way to reach 100 K subs at the end of the year. We'll see wow. how that goes. Ambitious, realistic, no ambitious. Yes. Um, and then also in terms of 2020, I think that, like I mentioned, this ed tech startup idea, my, my dream would be if somehow at the end of 2021, um, if I could work on that full time, if I could somehow create a convincing business model, get customers that continually purchase our product or get some outside financing by some VC firm, uh, that would be an absolute dream come true for me. But, you know, those are, those are the two main goals, I think, for 2021. Get the startup off the ground um, and hopefully try to survive while doing it because statistically, most of them fail. Yeah. And then number two is get this YouTube channel to grow a little bit bigger. Oh, my gosh. 
you know, big dreams, big goals, big things happening, big moves. Yeah. Trying, trying out here. Yeah, yeah. I remember, was it Kendrick Lamar or Big Sean? I remember um, one of them actually came to UCSD to perform when they weren't that big. It's probably Big Sean. And mm. it was like this, like, um, someone posted an Instagram post of like him being happy of hitting a certain subscriber number. It was like 500. And yeah. like, oh my God, I hit you know, 500 subscribers, blah, 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 blah. And then like, they did, you know, like, you know, the, like that split screen post where like the next post was like his Instagram profile with like hundreds of thousands of yeah. you know, subscribers. So I think that like you should aim high and I truly believe you can get to 100K if you want to. Since you've publicly announced this, <laughs> not that not that a lot of people listen. I mean, I have two questions uh, about your YouTube account. Yes. One, you know, what, what is it called? So, okay. so the listeners can can you know, find you on YouTube, and then two, what is it about? Like, what's your channel about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, this is a big step. This is the first time I've ever publicly announced it, uh, albeit to a small audience, but an audience nonetheless. Um, <laughs> the, the the channel name is actually just my Korean name. Um, I it's just Toyun Kim, D O H Y U N Kim. Um, fun, interestingly enough. There are other Toyun Kims out there in the world, and um, <laughs> high likelihood, if you search that name, you will find a classically trained pianist or an electrical <laughs> engineer instead of me. So um, you have to do a little bit of digging to actually find me. In terms of the content that I make, honestly, I'm still kind of finding my niche. Um, mm. So for those of you that don't know, I'm a bit of a credit card junkie. Like I'm always about like churning cards, maximizing point aggregation, stuff like that. So a lot of videos have been about credit card and like personal finance basically like from the perspective of this uh young 23 year old person almost 24 in their first year of working and how he navigates his personal finances right and a lot of credit cards are a part of that so interestingly those have been the videos that have done the most i think my most viewed video has like maybe 4k views or something wow. um, not bad not bad you know um i'm not mickey with his bigger videos you know shout out to, <laughs> shout out to pastor mickey um but in terms of other content, honestly, I'm still so small where I don't really have like a brand yet, right? So I'm still kind of cultivating that. Yeah. But I think that one of the biggest, um, one, one YouTuber that I, I follow in particular, he said, um, you know, if you want to create a YouTube channel, you have to figure out what is your, un, what is your competitive advantage? What makes you unique compared to other people on this platform? Mm -hmm. And then whatever that is, dive into it as much as you can, right? So if I were to pick the three things that make me unique is that number one, I am a personal finance credit card junkie. Mm -hmm. Number two, I'm an Ivy league college graduate. And number three, I am a software engineer up in Silicon Valley. Right. Mm -hmm. So although most of my bigger videos have been about credit cards and uh, personal finance, there's only so much of that that you can really talk about. Right. Cause right. it's only every so on and so often that maybe the, um, the interest rate changes or a new credit card comes out. Yeah. So I've been trying to incorporate more videos about, you know, my experience as a software engineer at a big tech company in Silicon Valley, as well as um, being going through going to an Ivy League college and the whole process of what it's like to go there. You know, what are some things that I've experienced as well, just because those are, you know, those are the unique perspectives that I bring and trying to see. Yeah. You know, there's value out there as well. Sure. You know, these these channels, these niches on YouTube already exist. And I'm just another channel in there, but you know, might as well start small and then try to grow bigger out from there. That's awesome, man. Maybe, maybe you could start doing those like consulting programs. You know, I remember in middle school, my mom talked about how like the, like, you know, you purchase like coaches or like, there's like these like boutique consulting firms that like rear mm -hmm. you and make you take the right classes and they like game the system uh, to a certain degree to get you into, you know, an IV. No, those, those totally exist. And <laughs> I, um, yeah, I've thought about that. And at least as of right now, I haven't made too much like college content, like Ivy yeah. League college content, because this is, that's, I think some stuff that I want to make down the pipeline, but right. I have had one random person reach out to me uh, regarding sending me their software engineering resume. And they're like, Hey, can you critique this? <laughs> like, can you give me some pointers? So that was pretty nice um, being able to help someone out improve their resume a bit. So maybe, yeah, totally. Then I'm definitely thinking like, how can I, how can I create services to also help people as well? Like 
whether that be resume reviewing or just like some mentorship throughout the process and stuff like that. But yeah, actively thinking about that kind of stuff as well. That's awesome. I think I, I especially like what you said about, you know, it's not going to be perfect. And like the first 40 or 50 videos are going to be shitty. So you're focusing on getting your reps in and then iterating mm-hmm. um, along as you go. And that's kind of like what I wanted to do with Saints of SF too is, you know, maybe posting once a week isn't yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like posting twice a week might be better. But, it, you know, like if you look at my videos, they're all inconsistent. The production quality is different. Um, the outro intro is a little bit off. And, you know, I stutter and stumble um, yeah. as a host. But I think that's all part of the journey. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited for for your journey um, in YouTube and your foray into into making that YouTube ad revenue. Not that you need it because you're a software engineer <laughs> in, in the Valley. But that's that's awesome, man. Um, if you want me to, I can also post that on the Instagram profile. If you're if you're open to making your uh, YouTube channel public, it's it's totally up to you. But yeah, um, it's 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 awesome what you're doing, and we'll we'll see what happens in 2021 with, with then, this podcast and with your YouTube. Hey, channel. all I'm saying is that I think almost all of the biggest creators out there that we know in the podcast and content creation realm. I don't think any of them or the vast majority of them were never like, I'm going to become a YouTuber. I'm going to become a podcaster. It's most, I think mostly it's like they just consistently put out content, useful, good content. And the next thing you know, it's like a snowball effect and you start (laughs) creating huge audiences. So I I think a lot of it is pretty accidental. Um, So, you know, we'll see, maybe you and I will be the next Joe Rogan podcast and uh, you know, (laughs) we'll see. Awesome, man. So we're going to get into the meat of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, obviously it's, it's the new year, new resolutions series. So we're, we're going to be talking a lot about, you know, what happened in 2020 recapping and, you know, what we're doing, moving into 2021 and kind of about the human condition and how it's affected us all, but also, you know, delve a little bit deeper, um, into, um, theological underpinnings, us being Christian, uh, you know, yeah. so I guess the next question is we've gone remote kind of like what helped people discover at tech and, and med tech now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, in terms of church, how has remote church affected you? If at all, um, did any of your perspectives, thoughts or beliefs change due to the pandemic um, and quarantine? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think for me, um, you know, one of the biggest ways that I kind of experience my faith and kind of practice my faith has been through, uh, worship and just community I think so especially in 99 you already know that the worship be freaking fire it's like straight fuego over there and I think <laughs> like getting that for maybe three months of my time in SF and I'm like yo this is it my people and then not really being able to experience it anymore has been um it has been tough definitely on my in my faith and just this whole remote thing as well um because you know I think as much as great as like zoom and other products are can't really replicate that in-person interaction, you know, and mm-hmm. even with community groups, uh, I think Mickey actually mentioned this in his sermon um, um, two weeks ago, I think at this point about how like, even the community groups is every other week. Um, and it's just, and it's a very much smaller commitment than normal. It's so hard to convince yourself to get onto zoom. Cause you're just like, Oh, I'm so tired of being on video chat all day. Like, yeah. um, and I've definitely, I've definitely felt that fatigue. And I think that, Although I'm so thankful for my like online community groups, I do think like that in-person community group, like it, it hit different, you know, I think mm-hmm. it was like super special. And um, it just felt much more like intimate in terms of like my faith and everything. Um, and yeah, so definitely the online services have been great, but once again, it's not the same as in-person. And um, I definitely go through like my, my faith hasn't been like the best. Definitely. Um, it's been, it's been hard to just to stay like rigorously committed to it, you know, when um, it's so easy for every single day to kind of just be like a blur that you just lose track of time. And you're like, Oh shoot, it's Sunday. It's already 11 AM. Oh no. Like I, I totally forgot their service right now. Right. Um, So it's been hard. It's really been hard for sure. Um, So I really, I I can't wait to go back in person whenever that may be. But Mm. yeah. 
Yeah, I think one thing for the listeners that I respect a lot about Thomas is, you know, Christians tend to sugarcoat things, or especially like Korean Christians, we don't want to rock the boat. Um, <laughs> when, we, when we hang out, we just want to say it's like, oh, you know, dandelions and, and daisies. But yeah. um, Thomas, you know, actually talks about his faith and what's been hard for him. And, you know, people, he's not afraid to, you know, receive judgment. Not that like 99, there's a lot of judgmental people. And that's one of the, pluses of coming to our church shout out mm -hmm. to 99 and pastor mickey and krista you know um, but i think it you have to have the difficult conversations and you can't just pretend like your life is perfect and i think christians nowadays still have that kind of stigma that that like being christian means that you're all smiles and your life is perfect and you have these amazing values and principles but you know at least for me too, it's like I struggle with faith all the time. I struggle with doing the right thing. I struggle with um, church and being consistent with reading the Bible. So, mm -hmm. you know, might as well address the elephant in the room. Yeah, um, man. But awesome, but that doesn't mean you're not Christian anymore, right? As in like- No, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely still do believe in, in God and just like that, the higher power in general, you know? So um, definitely still a Christian, but, not being able to go to church and kind of get like my my tank filled up a little bit it, it, yeah. it, it's it's much harder to to keep the car running you know it's right. like i need that pick me up that feel like my tank filled up and it's like the online sermons they're good but they're not the same as in person so it's almost like you get your tank filled up but it's only like halfway right so then by the mm -hmm. end of the week you've already been kind of empty in terms yeah. of fuel you know i think i think a good question here would be like how do we as individuals and brothers and sisters in Christ not utilize that Sunday service that comes around once a week to be the tank filler. You know, I think that's a real question of like, what, what, what can we do on the side or, you know, you know, create some kind of mechanism within ourselves where we don't have to rely on a pit stop. But I think, you know, that's, that's a question for, for another time. and something that I think uh, a little bit deeper about, but, yeah. I, I think that would be amazing. I think the reliance on the church is good. And I understand exactly what you're talking about when you physically go to a location. But I feel like COVID has shown us there will be times where you, when we can't make church on Sundays, especially yeah. physically. And like, what can we do to not run on this cycle that we're dependent on, I think is the real question. But, um, you know, 2020 has been difficult for, for everyone. And I think the church aspect is is pretty big for people who you know relied on going to church on sundays um so you know, it could be church related it doesn't have to be but thomas for you what were one of the hardest things for you to overcome in 2020 and also the most painful thing to watch whether it's with like family or you know the news or media etc yeah i think um Big question. A lot of things, really. So I think the most difficult thing for me to watch was um, definitely the whole election stuff, you know. And I think, in particular, I mean, just to be just just to preface, I am, you know, I was uh, I was a Biden supporter. Um, I do lean a little bit more Democratic. I'm not as super progressive as some other people. I I'm a little bit more centrist. It's kind of hard to explain, right? Yeah. yeah but yeah. regardless, I think that it's really hard because I think growing up. Um, I grew up in a super, super conservative county, one of the few conservative strongholds within the state of California. Mm -hmm. And I think what I realized is like a lot of the people that I grew up with and like went to high school with and stuff, um, they were, they were, they were not just, I mean, I'm not trying to demonize Republicans, right? But like, I wouldn't say like these are just Republicans or like conservative people, but they're like the super, super extreme Trump supporters, right? And, oh, you know, I'm, and I'm not trying to say whether that's a good or a bad thing, but at least for me, I know that it is something that it, I don't really agree with them politically in a lot of stances. And it was hard seeing these people that were some of my closest friends growing up in high school and stuff. And now seeing this huge differing opinion. And, and I think that at least in like the super politicized environment, uh, the bipartisan environment, it was really hard for me to, you know, still want to be friends with these people. Mm -hmm. Um, it really challenged my relationship with them. And then, but then also, I guess, kind of in like a Christ-like manner, it's like, yo, like they're your homies, you know, that's like, just because 
they they think a little bit differently from you like do you really like do you want to demonize them like can do you really just turn away from them completely um which i didn't think was the answer either so that's been something i've been battling with a lot i think mm-hmm. that before college i was very apolitical did not care about politics i was very neutral but then now that i've grown older and just become a little bit more informed i'm starting to realize that you know politics plays a bigger part in my life than i had and then it did uh four or five six years ago at this point yeah so i think i'm trying to relearn how to navigate those partisan issues and how to navigate my relationships with them as well and still maintain relationships with these people even though it's hard to right now yeah yeah that's a good point. I remember when I was 23, 24, and I first moved up to San Francisco, and I lived with two of my best friends, and I realized that, you know, I I, I am, I'm going to say democratic, I'd say I'm a moderate, mm-hmm. or maybe like a very soft libertarian, if that even makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I, I, you know, my friends um, were very progressive, mm-hmm. um, and they leaned heavily left. I mean, one went to Berkeley, so that, that goes to show nothing wrong with Berkeley, nothing wrong with leaning left, but you mm-hmm. know, this phenomenon comes up, I think, when you're like 15, 16, you care about clout and chasing girls yeah. and all those other things, and then you grow up, and then especially if your horizons expand, you start getting into politics, principles, and ideologies, and then you reach this point where you're like having arguments with these people that you were homies with, and you're like, yeah, I don't i can't see myself living with this man anymore or something like yeah no i agree i I think you made a good point of like i mean jesus hung out with tax collectors and he realized Mm -hmm. that like he brought he wanted to bring out the golden people and ideologies and politics shouldn't be the reason why you demonize that person as an individual for their character and what they bring to the table so um that's a that's a really good point and i think i urge the listeners or to anyone else who who is you know a la carte listening to this podcast of like taking thomas's approach i think is the right way to go i mean you don't have to be buddy buddies with them but burning bridges due to politics where usually most of the time it doesn't really affect us on a tangible scale you know maybe mm-hmm. like taxes and some of the reforms and policies that they go through at a macro level may affect us later down the line but i think it's more so just talking points that we have at the table so i I like the approach that you're taking with this thomas um so is that like one of the hardest things you had to overcome in 2020 is you know balancing that out and yeah 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 so that was one that was one of the harder things that um I, I, I had to navigate 2020 with, but I guess it's also not specific to 2020. I think that's been something I've been trying to balance um, throughout most of college as I've just gotten more politically involved. Yeah, um, yeah. But another thing I think recently that I realized um, as I went into 2021, I'm a huge New Year's resolution guy. I'm, you know, make fun of me all you want. I think they're awesome. I think they have a bad rep with some people. But <laughs> as I was planning out, like, what do I want my 2021 to be? Um, I realized that in 2020, and honestly, all of my life, really, um, because, you know, I have been on paper, quote, unquote, successful, right? Like, I did well in high school, went to a great college, got a job at a great employer. Um, I always just feel like I can do everything. Like, I can do this. I can do that. I know that, you know, I can achieve success whenever I want to, right? And I think um, in 2020, uh, as I started to put a lot more on my plate, like, with working full-time as well as trying to be a good brother, son, um, boyfriend, as well as a YouTuber now and a potential startup founder, right? It's like yeah. the plate started to get super full. Yeah. And um, it was a lot for me to take in. And I think that one of the biggest things that I wanted to do in 2021 is to really put down my pride. I think we've kind of talked about this. Like it, this has kind of been like a message that's been talked about in like previous uh, sermons at 99, but really been trying to put down my pride thinking that i can do everything you know um and just being like all right god like this is something that i can't handle on my own there's so many things to juggle that like literally the only way that i can get through this is by some higher power kind of guiding me through this so Mm. i've been trying to put down my pride and honestly like my ego because i'll be honest going like being on paper academically and career-wise successful 
it has definitely built up an ego inside of me thinking like I'm so much better than XYZ people because I went to a better school because I went got a better job with them. Right. Mm. But that's super toxic. And I think that just perpetuates a lot of inequalities um, in the world that we're facing with marginalized groups. And I, I don't want to continue feeding into that problem, but it's a mindset that's hard to shift because it was kind of like the, um, it was kind of just like the world that I grew up in. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I'm really trying to unlearn those bad habits. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint, absolutely. And I think the number one step, the first step in doing that and letting go of my my pride, uh, of letting go of my ego is just putting down my pride and being like, hey man, like you, the only reason why you're here is not really because of, you know, not because of yourself, but because of a higher power, like God kind of just taking you through the, taking you through the ropes, you know, and bringing mm-hmm. you here. Wow. Well, thanks for being so so honest, mm-hmm. Thomas. We, we we really appreciate um, transparency, and I, I mm-hmm. think, you know I'm at a new startup now, and one of the big themes in our culture is radical candor. And I think mm-hmm. you know um, you've you've been the epitome of it, especially when it comes to things that you're lacking in. Um, and also throwing this out there, but Thomas is a type three. Uh, on <laughs> which means that like he loves that social clout and like the things yes. that on paper and you know uh, two of my best my closest friends are actually type threes and you know relatively successful in their own regard so I kind of understand where you're coming from and 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 you know it's it's, it's hard so what else have you been doing in terms of like uh, uh, putting down your pride and kind of like dying to yourself in that respect um, other than just telling yourself, like, yo, like, you know, chill out a little bit. And, and, and it's really God, you know, with the blueprints to your life that, and you're just writing along. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, granted, there's only been maybe three weeks of 2021. So far, <laughs> but, um, in, in, in the short three weeks that 2021 has been, I have been more intentional with, like, my prayer and journaling. Um, yes. I mean, I already journaled on like a regular, I journal pretty regularly. I usually journaled about something beautiful, something I'm thankful for and something that annoyed me every single day. Um, oh, yeah. And then I just decided, I think in the second half of 2020, I added on a fourth category about like things to like talk about with God, right? Uh, things that have been on my mind and make things that, yeah. And then now in 2021, I've been much more regular in that like dear God portion that I had, I would be, writing stuff um almost regularly just saying like hey thank hey god like thanks for providing this for me today like hey thanks for letting this happen for me today rather than being like what am i thankful for rather than me writing i'm thankful that i worked hard today and i was able to achieve x milestone i've been trying to change <laughs> that mindset to be to move that block from thankful over to the dear god portion and be like hey god thanks for you know providing me with the time and the space to get this done today um, thanks for giving me this cool idea or cool insight that I had today. Um, so that's just been one small thing that I've been trying to do and also just being more regular with, um, with praying as well. I think mm-hmm. I'm pretty bad at it, admittedly. So I, just getting the reps in, like I mentioned earlier, just getting, getting those prayer reps in, it's been, uh, I think some good building blocks. We'll see how long I keep it up for in 2021. Um, I'm hopeful though. We'll see. That's exciting, man. Uh, uh, yeah. I wish you the best of luck on your journey. And, we're, you know, as brothers in Christ, we're kind of going through this together with a bunch of different folks, New Year's resolutions or not. So I'm excited for your journey and uh, I'm rooting for you, Thomas. It, it feels really good to know that, like, you're jur- journaling, but also iterating based on what you've learned in 2020, moving forward in 2021. And I think pride and ego, especially for, for a successful you know, Korean American who grew up yeah. in, in Southern California, I totally understand, you know, sure. where you're coming from and, and yeah. how difficult it can be, but instead of being lazy about it, you're being proactive about it. So really mm-hmm. appreciate that. So well, we'll have you on the podcast in six to seven months and let's see if your oh, hubris sure. has completely disappeared by then or <laughs> if, you're, if you're still... Uh, An egotistical uh, maniac, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Egomaniac, oh yeah. my gosh. I admit um, it. <laughs> so so yeah in the same thread of of of, um you know dying to your old self and being Mm -hmm. reborn um either you know like killing off your old self 
um, your old egotistical, prideful self and being reborn in God and allowing him space to um, create goodness in your life. Um, you know, that's pretty much the thing every year. It's just like the old year dies because it disappears and you enter into a new year. You create these new resolutions. Um, so is that the biggest thing that you've killed in 2020? Um, which, was it pride and ego? I, I would say so. Yeah. I think that's the, that's probably the biggest goal that I have in my mind in terms of like the big overarching theme that I want to achieve throughout 2021 is that. Got it. Awesome. So we discussed what you killed in 2020, how it's affected you, what you're doing at a professional and personal level in 2021. Um, also with, you know, your spiritual and your emotional growth for 2021. So mm -hmm. all of these are good things and I definitely resonate with you. And I did the same thing. albeit I didn't, journal this time around i just like mm -hmm. have the new year's resolutions down but it's not on the stereotypical you know list where i wrote it down to manifest it into existence and it's a list from like one to ten mm -hmm. um but you know i'm following through with like a similar concept that you ran through for 2021 um so i feel like 2020 and 2021 were very different than other years so mm -hmm. it's like changing of the guard within the new year, it was different. And obviously that's due to COVID and the pandemic. So this is a question that I had for Nikki as well, was people originally hated the cycle of writing down new resolutions, setting up goals. And then like, you know, you see the guys at 24 hour fitness or LA fitness, <laughs> they go for like 15 days and then you yeah. come, you know, January 16th, and then all of those New Year's resolutioners are gone. So I understand that aspect of setting up New Year's resolutions and not following through with it. So it's like, what's the point? But especially for this year with people, it's been a lot more difficult going into the new year and nothing's really changed. I mean, the vaccines um, come out, but it's been uh, slow in terms of people receiving mm -hmm. the vaccine. What are your opinions on people who don't believe in New Year's resolutions and who don't have hope and faith like they did maybe in prior years to carry on with your life and your goals? What are your thoughts yeah. on that? No, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but New Year's resolutions have gotten such a bad rep. I think they are awesome because it's all about goal setting and becoming a better person um, day after day. And I think for the people that may not have the energy to create New Year's resolutions, I think... Um, you know, due to some circumstances, whether that be like financial circumstances or health circumstances and whatnot, I think that it's, I think that you can just reframe what you imagine to be a New Year's resolution, right? Do you like, and typically, like you mentioned, when we think of New Year's resolutions, we think of the lose 20 pounds, go to the gym uh, three times a week minimum, right? Run a marathon, run a half marathon. But then I think that you can really change it as long as you can still look for growth in um less conventional ways right it's like mm -hmm. maybe your that that can still really benefit you maybe like changing your idea of what a new resolution to be rather than going to the gym three times a week maybe that could just be like read a book for 30 minutes yeah. three times a week right meditate three times a week pray mm -hmm. three times a week minimum right and i think that even though circumstantially a lot of what we typically find joy in whether it be through material goods or experience experiences are gone there are so many different avenues for us as human beings to still grow, whether that means, you know, like getting rid of that feeling of FOMO of like not being able to go out to like a bar with your friends or go to the club or something. Right. And mm -hmm. learning how to maybe your new year's resolution can then be learning how to have fun at home. Maybe it's learning how to, you know, be happy with yourself, learning how to get over some of your biggest fears that you have, wow. you know, yeah. So I think that there's still so much room for growth as human beings. And quite frankly, I think if people say that they're, they never have, they don't have goals they want to achieve. They, they um, don't have any resolutions that they want to achieve. I think that they're, uh, they're just not looking deep enough because I think deep inside there is something, there are certain flaws within us, certain aspects or traits about us that we're, that we don't like that are totally fixable. Right. Mm. And I think a lot of those things, those changes people are just too afraid to really dig deep enough to find what those are and kind of confront yeah. their yeah. biggest fears face to face. But I think once you do, you can set up a game plan to try to try to fix that problem. 
awesome wise words from Thomas. And I think that like, you know, maybe this annoys you on our um, <laughs> CG meetings, but I always bring up the fact that you're Gen Z gang gang. You know, I, I rejected it for so long, but I'm owning up to it, man. I'm Gen Z. Gen Z or bust, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so in that vein, I think, uh, you know, a lot of us millennials, us old folks, you know, mm, you, yes. you, you say, okay, boomer to me sometimes. You know, it's a negative connotation, but I truly believe that. I mean, compared to like, you know, we're like, five or six years apart but we you know i i truly value what you know the new generations are coming up with and their perspectives and their thoughts because you guys are the future Um, you know and there's there's a legacy behind that i think you should nurture those relationships instead of you know creating dividing lines of like oh like i'm older so i have more wisdom and the younger guys are like man you're irrelevant you know just like you know, old news, but I think if we came together and talked about problems that are affecting both of us or ideas or, or things that overlap, getting different perspectives is an important thing, right? Diversity, yes. diversity of thought and, and, and being open to a, to a wide array of things in the marketplace of ideas. So mm-hmm. with that said, I don't really know much about Gen Zers. So, um, one, I think the question would be, what tips, advice, or words of encouragement do you have for your fellow Gen Z uh, modern Christian professionals and yeah. non-Christian professionals? And two, you know, you know, we're about to close off this podcast session, but you know, could you tell me like maybe top three things about what Gen Zers are looking forward to in your personal yeah. guess, perspective uh, for twenty twenty one? Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Well, I think in terms of uh, other Christian Gen Zers, I think it's that it is so, I mean, first of all, props to you for still believing in God. I think that it's so easy and to be self-conscious like I am in this world of clout on social media and stuff to really say that you're a Christian because it definitely, like, I, I think in general, not just Gen Zs, but probably within the millennials too, just like cultural norms, at least in America, it's like if you come out saying you're a Christian, kind of look at you as like a fucking nut job. oops sorry part of my french they they look at you like you're a nut job like you're crazy you're like what the heck like you still believe in that old school stuff like you are like you're crazy dude um and i know that i've been embarrassed about my faith time and time and time again in the past and i you know something i want to work on so you know props to you for still being out there and I know that if you're like me you're probably pretty sensitive to social perception of how people view you as a as a Christian, but you know, um, I hope that you just continue to find your support networks out there to know that you're not crazy or mm. maybe we are, but in a good way, who knows? Name one genius that ain't crazy. Right. Wow. Um, for the, for the non-Christians out there, um, I know that uh, Christianity has really developed a pretty bad rep, I think. And, you know, I think for, for, for some good reasons too, you know, a lot of, genocide and pilgrimage and colonialism was rooted on the base of spreading the faith and i think obviously it was horrible what they did thousands of potentially millions of people have died um and i think a lot of people have really convoluted the word of god into uh, and co-opting the word of god into their own selfish endeavors to mm. kill people and kill cultures and stuff like that and use yeah. it as a way to practice over or covert racism as well but, you know, for the non-Christians out there, I think if you just like read the word and kind of just try to see like deeper into what God embodies, like God doesn't value, he doesn't embody white supremacism, he doesn't embody colonialism. I think what he does embody is a lot of the empathy and love and care for other people, especially particularly the forgotten people, right? Yeah. And I think that in general, one of the biggest trends of Gen Z is that Gen Z folks are... I think I've heard, I've read some stuff where people say that Gen Z folks are the, it's the activist generation. They're the most empathic generation out there, right? Um, and I think you can totally see that with the rise of social media activism and how big it has gotten and how much Gen Zers value corporations or individuals that align with their beliefs. Yeah. And I think that, especially for the mainstream Gen Zers, like the which in my opinion are like the more progressive people, right? Like I'm right there with you, you know, 
And I think that if you look at the qualities that you embody in terms of your empathy, as well as your desire to bring about change, your desire to be a voice or a proponent for the forgotten people, if you look at like the, just like the baseline word of God, that's exactly what God and Christianity embodies. And it's just through the, the, the gross misinterpretation of the Bible and gross bad actors throughout humanity that have co-opted God's word into their own, um, their own nefarious means that have really ruined it. But, you know, I think if you just look deeper, you realize that's not really what God and Christianity embodies in general. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think the biggest thing that Gen Zers look for, I can't name three, honestly. I think the number one is it's empathy, uh, empathy and activism, or those are the top two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well said. I'm sure that Gen Zers probably don't have the attention span to come all the way to the end of this podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be savage uh, to the end of the podcast. But um, yeah, I'm, I've always been surprised by you know how much you're introspective and how uh, self-aware you are. But beyond self-awareness, like self-actualization. Um, so I'm. Grateful, I think, to to have a brother such as yourself, where we can understand, you know, a, a snippet of what it means to be Gen Z, um, but also the the maturity that comes with that window we look through when when we talk with you and hang out with you. Um, so again, Saints, we're signing off. I think this is the last episode in this series, New Year, New Resolutions. Uh, you can find us at Saints of SF on Instagram, also Spotify. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Uh, Thomas, do you have any last words before we sign off? Man, um, yeah, honestly, just thanks for having me, Isaac. This is awesome. Uh, hope that you enjoyed the conversation. Make sure, I don't know, rate the podcast. Is that what you do? Make sure to rate the podcast five stars, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you find me on YouTube, just look up my Korean name, Toyan Kim, out there. Maybe you'll find me. I'll let the algorithm do its job. <laughs> Just make sure, guys, it's not the pianist. It's it's not the, the musicians and yeah. you know, the people out in Korea doing mukbangs and stuff. No, no. It's about personal finance, especially with credit cards and also about uh, professional growth, right? So yes. about Ivy League schools and what it means yeah. to be an engineer in the Valley. Yeah. I bet if you just look up my name, Toyin Kim, and credit card, then you'll find me. Okay, and then and then for for the non Koreans out there, Toyon is spelled D O H Y U N. Correct. Yes, sir. Awesome. And then Kim is K I M for mm-hmm. those of you guys. <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, it's been really good. So Saints, we're tuning out episode eleven, New Year New Resolutions series, with our guest Thomas Kim. We out. Hey Saints, thanks for tuning in. We'll be releasing episodes on the first three Saturdays of every month. See you soon.